Hey everybody, this is your host Bill, and I'm in the Atomic Autosports studio to bring you the Late to Grid podcast. This podcast is about motorsports and getting on track. I interview the guys and gals who work hard all week to be weekend warriors. I also interview professionals in the motorsports community that can help you and your racing. If you are involved with SCCA, NASA, Track Days, HPDE, or Endurance Racing, this show is for you. My goal is to share the stories and inspiration that will grow our sport. Today I'm trying something different, just boring me. I call it Bill's Builds. I'll share some updates on my projects in the hopes that it inspires you, helps you, or perhaps puts you to sleep. Now let's jump right into it, and we're going to start with the Neon. Last fall, we picked up an ACR Neon, which spent most of its life as an SCCA ITA race car. It also spent some time racing in NASA. It had a bolt-in cage, only a fire extinguisher, mouse-chewed wiring, and nine-year-old Hoosiers on it. The goal of this car was to have something my business partner, Andy, could race in SCCA to get his competition license. It's coming up on the car's one-year anniversary with us as the owners. We had a proper cage installed, fixed the wiring, took care of the needed maintenance, and installed a new seat. Oh, and of course, it does have a proper fire system now. After a few track days with the Neon, we knew we had a fun car. So, we decided to enter it into the SCCA Enduro at Nelson Ledges this past May. And boy, we had a blast, and we learned about the car. The big thing was, we needed to upgrade the suspension. In July... I embraced the Neon at the SCCA Regional at Nelson Ledges and learned firsthand why club racing is so much fun. What a great group of people, especially the other ITA Neon drivers. They shared pages of notes with us, told us what parts we needed, how to do some setup items. Of course, they didn't share every secret with us, but I'm so grateful for what they did share with us. Since our team really enjoyed the endurance racing, we knew we wanted to do more of it. And we knew we needed to beef up the front end quite a bit. You see, on the Neons, the front hubs are failure items, and we did lose a hub in that endurance race. So the way to go is to replace the front end with PT Cruiser parts. This is where the project gets fun. If spending hours per day sourcing parts for an old Neon and PT Cruiser is fun. Anyways, I ordered tons of parts, I found used PT knuckles, and we assembled a team to get this work done. Over the course of four evenings at the shop, we now have a car ready to go for a test day. We put the old struts back on, but now with the H&R lowering springs, it has a complete PT Cruiser swap front end, new rear bumpers painted and installed, we have a header, and we reworked the exhaust, we put ARP wheel studs all the way around, and I have a spare set of knuckles just in case. We also had to modify the oxygen sensor harness to make it a bit longer. We protected some wires with heat wrapping, it's got new sway bars, found a broken motor mount and replaced that, and we got the alignment where we want it. Holy cow, can't believe we got all that stuff done, and there's tons of things I didn't even list here. But that's not all. We do have uh, coilovers ordered, and I won't have them in time for the next race though. But the thing is, the car's ready to go weeks ahead of the Champ Car Race at Pit Race. Now let's talk about this crew. Over those four sessions, we had Tim, Matt, Nick, Brian, Joe, and Dylan at the shop helping us out. These guys rocked it, and when I got into endurance racing, this is what I envisioned. Guys hanging out at the shop, 
working together and having fun. A true team effort. I can't wait to be at the track with these guys. <laughs> We're going to have such a blast. We're taking the Neon to Mid-Ohio this week for a midweek test day to shake down the new setup and to heat cycle some tires. Again, I am so excited to be at Pit Race and race again with Champ Car the first weekend in October. All right, now let's talk about the RX-7. Some of the listeners know the story of the RX-7s. Some don't, so let me recap it. One day a friend calls and asks if I'd be interested in a great deal on three RX-7s, one of which is a race car. I told him, you have my attention. Turns out his friend was tired of paying storage for the one car and wanted to make a sweet deal for someone to take all three cars and all the associated items. Truth be told, I didn't have the time or resources to get a road race car, but I thought I'd take a look. I headed out to where the car was being stored. It was being stored in an old boat building facility, which was now being used as a fabrication facility for a boutique outfit that did plasma cutting and welding for some small production run items. The RX-7 was in a dimly lit area of the building, covered in a deep layer of dust. Now, this car had been involved in a racing incident nine years prior to me looking at it. However, it didn't look in bad shape, and it actually looked kind of cool. I checked it out, kicked the flat tires, literally flat tires, and I told the owner, let me think about it. I called someone I knew who was into rotaries, Mark Porchke, and asked him, what do I need to know? He said, if the engine turns by hand, you're probably okay. So I scheduled another visit to check out the engine. It did turn by hand, and in typical Bill Snow fashion, I said, let's do this, even though my plate was already full with lots of other things. Over the next several weeks, I brought back the car and four Gaylords full of parts and tools and miscellaneous stuff. It was so time-consuming, but now I have a room full of spare parts and RX-7s. As time went on, I did pick up the second car that was part of the deal. This car was sitting in a muddy parking lot. It's a complete car, but the underside has been severely damaged from being dropped on the ground when it was previously moved. The sad thing is, this car could have been roadworthy and a nice daily driver. However, I think it's just going to serve as a parts car, and it is nice having it in the parking lot to go see how something was put together or go grab a spare part. And with the help of some friends, I later picked up a clean shell for the build. It was buried in a garage, but we pulled it out and got it back to the shop. There's a video of it, and I'll link to it in the show notes. The RX-7 is so close to being done, and I'm so excited to get it down to Chris at LMS EFI. Truth be told, the neon work has certainly slowed the RX-7 progress down, and my work schedule hasn't really been helpful or allowed for focused work on the car. So I've been trying to grab an hour here, 30 minutes there, sometimes early in the morning, late at night, maybe even during a lunch break if I can grab one. If I had one uninterrupted day, this thing would be done. I know, it sounds easier, but it's easier said than done. So let's recap what I've done to the RX-7. You know, let's actually talk first about the green race car. So I was able to get the green race car back to running form. Again, this thing had not run in nine years. I putzed around with it. I've never really been exposed to rotaries. Got it running. And with the help of my buddy, John Thorne, we were able to get it on track. We took it up to Autobahn. 
raced it around for two days. If you want to hear a funny story, uh, I think we told it when we interviewed Mark from Autobahn Country Club early in season one. But anyways, the car ran great, ran it for a day and a half, didn't make day two because it blew an oil line, and I laid a nice oil slick down on the south course, I think it was, at Autobahn. Anyways, goal accomplished. I knew the car would run. I knew this everything, the steering, suspension, brakes, engine, transmission. I knew it all worked, so I knew I had something good to put into another car. So with this shell, I stripped it down, dry iced the sound detonating material, and had a cage installed. Reinstalled a drivetrain, put a fuel cell in it, got the subframes back in. Oh yeah, I sanded, primed, painted the car. The brakes are back in, wheel bearings have been replaced, the battery box is in, because I'm relocating where the battery is located. I put a cool suit system in, the seat's now installed, the roll bar padding, the radiator's in, the oil cooler's in. You get it. There's been quite a bit done to this thing. Seems overwhelming at times. But yep, the list isn't too long. Let's hope I can get this thing done in a week or two. There's a lesson here. Buy a race car. Don't build one. Sure, I enjoy the build process. Don't get me wrong. But when you have too many competing priorities, you must choose. And unfortunately, the race car sometimes gets pushed to the back. I do feel an obligation to the previous owner of these RX-7s to see the project through. And I have to tell you, there were many times that I wanted to just sell them, do arrive and drives, and enjoy life. However, there's something about leaning over the fender of a car that you've been working on and that's been fighting you that offers us a chance to feel like we've accomplished something. In this case, I took an empty RX-7 shell and created a race car. Well, let's hope that's what I created. Lastly, what's up with my Miata? Miata is always the answer, right? What car do you love? What car do you hate? Well, the Miata has been a blast to drive, and I've had it on track several times this year. I've been at Mid-Ohio with NASA, I did a few track days at Mid-Ohio, and I've done Nelson Ledges with the Mid-Ohio a few times as well. The track pads were starting to squeal, they were also a little loose in the brackets, and they made noise over bumps. And the brand new caliper I just installed in the left rear was bad. So I decided to put the Miata back in street form. Street power stop pads all the way around, new rotors, and a new left rear caliper. I detailed the interior and have a few more maintenance items to address. But I think it's track time is done for the year. Plus, my race seat's now in the RX-7. That's okay. It's nice to have the Miata to zoom around in uh, for the commute and for running between meetings during the day. It's also very relaxing to put the top down and just cruise. Lastly, I have my eye on some couple M3s that I learned will be for sale soon. Have I become bored with the Miata? Well, in some ways, yes. I've been teased with an awesome E36 M3, a couple of E46 M3s, and a E90 M3. So we'll see where some of this leads. While an E36 is something I've always dreamed of, I'm not sure it's the type of daily driver I want. I'm looking for simplicity and reliability here. (laughs) Okay, insert your BMW jokes right here. (laughs) Well, if I get something, I'll share the details with all of you. I've spent the last two weekends at Pit Race to help my nephew Caden with his karting. Both weekends, the place was packed. I saw so many friends during both weekends, and my nephew was able to sit in some pretty cool race cars. 
I was reminded what I love about this sport. We're all family and very supportive of one another. I took a minute to chat with Caden about his carding. He's nine, and here's what he had to say. All right, I am here with a very special kart racer. His first year in karting, Caden Snow. So, Caden, where are you today? Mm, I am at Pit Race in Big, Beaver, in Big Beaver, Pennsylvania. Yeah, and what are you doing here today? Racing. Racing? Are you practicing? Yeah. Why? Because that's what you should do. It's all about seat time, right? What do you like about karting? Mm, it's fun and... What do you like about it? I, I just like doing it. Yeah. So, what are your goal? What are your goals for next year? Uh, get better with the bigger carbs and continue the get better. Awesome. So, how many more races do you have this year? Uh, four. And what kind of cart do you race? Kid cart. Yeah. It's a Burrell with a Comer 50, right? All right, Caden, so is there anybody that you want to thank that has made karting possible for you? Yeah, my dad and my mom. All right. That was very nice of you to thank them both. All right, well, Caden, we're going to keep up with you as your season progresses. Good luck. He's getting faster each time he's on track, and right now we're trying to figure out a power issue with his engine. He just doesn't have the same straight line speed as the other carters. Well, a big thanks to LMS, EFI, Radair, Complete Car Care in Wycliffe, and Track First for their support of the show. Be sure to click on their links in the show notes page to learn more about these great organizations. Lastly, can you do me two favors? First, I'd love a five-star review on wherever you listen to this podcast. It just makes me feel good when I see those. Second, tell a friend about the show. Oh, and don't be late to grit.